With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle, 35, 30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Welcome to the rest stop. It is Tuesday, January 26, 2021, and we're with you live, 9 o'clock Pacific time here in Las Vegas. Myself, Spencer the Wiz, every Tuesday and Thursday, and I've got to thank Spence for that new opening we just rolled out tonight. Uh, same little background music, some different characters in the beginning, but we got a good football-laded heavy show for you tonight. Uh, Going to recap NFL Championship Sunday as we have our Super Bowl contestants lined up in Tampa two weeks from now Tampa Bay Buccaneers their first team ever to host a Super Bowl and play in that same Super Bowl taking on the Kansas City Chiefs we'll get into some deep 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 detail of the games that happened this past Sunday and what it means for the legacy of these great quarterbacks and the great teams really that were there the final four left standing so uh, joining me as always Spencer the Wiz follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz Follow myself at Brad the Believer. If you miss any part of this show live, make sure that you check out the podcast version on Google Podcasts, Audio Boom, Spotify, iTunes. Make sure you search Landry Football Conference Call and the rest stop will be underneath there and go to LandryFootball.com and also download the Twitch app to give us support and search Landry Football and then the rest stop will be underneath there. Spence, without further ado, let, let's get into it. Let's start off in the NFC and... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they outlasted Green Bay and Lambeau Field. 31-26 was the final five-point victory for Tampa Bay. They cover as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. They went outright on the money line. And I was not on the right side in our picks last week. And I went against myself because, Spence, we posted a clip uh, from November 24th show where you asked me uh, – and you, you you were calling Tom Brady noodle alarm for much of the season. You were not a believer. I, on the other hand, has always been a believer in Tom Brady. I don't know what happened this past week. But during that clip, uh, I pronounced my infatuation for what Tom Brady can do come playoff time. And he's done exactly that as Tampa Bay will be in the Super Bowl two weeks from now, uh, this past Sunday. Were you surprised, Spencer the Wiz? What were your thoughts on the game? And now that Tom Brady is going to be playing, I believe, in his 10th Super Bowl, which is absolutely unbelievable. And we'll talk about where Tom Brady's legacy is at this point, uh, how great he truly is. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that. But, Spence, about the game, in the first half, Tom Brady was lights out. He was just on point from the go. He regressed a little bit in the second half. A lot of people will talk about his interceptions. Two of those were off the hands of his receivers, so I don't put the blame completely on him. But he was on fire and built a big lead in that first half. Spence, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, when you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't actually favor Tampa Bay at all. I mean, three interceptions, and Aaron Rodgers have won. And really what cost them the game, for the most part, put them in really good field position. Uh, 
it doesn't surprise me. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is uh he exudes excellence. That's kind of the big takeaway. Like for some reason, he's just able to captivate the attention of his players so well. And everyone just wants to play well for him. Very few guys have that ability. Even some of the all-time greats don't really have that. The only other person in my lifetime, at least I've seen with my own eyes, is LeBron James. Like, guys just want to play well when they're around him. And the Buccaneers' defense just stepped up. I mean, getting hot in the off in the postseason, it usually happens one team every uh, season, and it's them for the most part. I mean, the Chiefs played okay. They're still not playing fantastic. We'll talk about them. But is this the most shocking result in playoff history? I mean, no, it's not. Uh, they have all the tools necessary to beat any team. Spenton, they did this without two safeties. Antoine Winfield Jr. did not play in the game because of an ankle injury, and they lost their backup safety in that game. Uh, but defensively for Tampa, Jason Pierre-Paul uh, got to Aaron Rodgers on the edges. They got pressure on Rodgers in key moments, and they really kind of slowed down Devontae Adams for the most part, and Green Bay had to play from behind. It was two crucial plays, the touchdown with under 10 seconds left in the first half where Arians decided to be aggressive Arians and Brady and Brady threw a dime to Scotty Miller for a touchdown. That was a backbreaker. And then of course the Aaron Jones fumble to start off the second half led to points for Tampa Bay. Green Bay had opportunities. They had turned Tampa over three times, but only scored six points. That's not going to get it done in a game like this. Uh, and you can say whatever you want. Most people don't play in the NFL 10 years to go to 10 Super Bowls. It's unbelievable. And I want everybody listening right now. And if you're not listening live, make sure Spence, you get this clip ready uh, for future references because unarguably without question, Tom Brady is the greatest sports athlete ever to live, ever to be born, ever to play sports on this entire planet. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, number one, I don't care what athlete you want to put against Tom Brady. Michael Phelps, Olympian, fine. Serena Williams, fine. Andre Agassi, Rafael Nadal, LeBron James, Wilt Chamberlain. Go down the list, Spencer the Wiz, of all the greatest athletes you've ever known. Let me tell you one thing that's going to make this a slam dunk argument case done and over with. Okay? The game of professional football is physically and mentally probably the most demanding sport of all time. And every single sport, Spencer the Wiz, when you retire, when you're an old man, a young man, do people not play these games recreationally? Basketball, we can play pickup games anytime. Old men, they get out and play tennis, play golf. You have old man hockey leagues. You could do any sport, pretty much, if you're retired, old, or young. You want to know what sport you can't and which doesn't happen is tackle football. You can play flag football. Playing tackle football doesn't happen on everyday side-of-the-road pickup games leagues. One main reason, you got to sign a waiver. There's big-time health liability. So for Tom Brady, and also one of the major sports, Spence, that it's only a one-game playoff, aside from March Madness, there's no seven-game series like basketball. There's no five-game baseball series. You've got one shot to play 60 minutes as the guy that touches the ball more than any player on the team to get your team together in whatever facet or capacity and, and get them to victory in whatever way possible. Now, is Tom Brady perfect in Super Bowls? No. But to get to that big game and your first time in the NFC Conference with this team after you've taken the Patriots and created them into a dynasty, it, it'll, it'll never be duplicated in our lifetime. To say it'll never, ever happen in the history of sports, I, I don't know that I could say that. I will say in our lifetime, in your kid's lifetime, and anybody listening, their kid's lifetime, you will never see this again from a professional football player. Tom Brady is unquestionably unheralded, the greatest sports athlete and champion ever to live. Is he the greatest athlete as far as athletic prowess? Of course not. He is the greatest athlete ever to play any sport in any game whatsoever. And I think a lot of the greats, Probably will agree with that sentiment, Spencer the Wiz. Uh, well, I like the passion you're bringing into it, man. It's great. Uh, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan. Like, I just, the tuck rule killed me forever. Uh, but still, I, I have to, you know, give credit where credit's due. I think the thing that makes this the most impressive is not only his age that he's doing it at, it's the fact that he just handpicked a football team, was like, hey, do you guys just want to go to a Super Bowl? I can make it happen. And it wasn't just him. They didn't just 
him going there. It was all the players that followed him uh, because they know how good he is. And just, uh, I, I don't even know if he was involved in the draft process, but to get Tristan Wharfs and uh, Winfield, it just, what, wherever he goes, the right decisions seem to happen. And you have to imagine that he has his hands dipped and at least like saying who he thinks he wants uh, when it comes to player personnel. Uh, but it doesn't matter who's on his team, right? I mean, this is a guy who, like, let's compare him to Michael Jordan. I feel like that's the greatest argument you can make because he went to six and he won six, never lost. But when he went there at the end of his career uh, to the Wizards, they were terrible. Uh, the guys didn't like playing with him. So to have the success to go along with all of your teammates liking you and wanting to be good for you, uh, I think actually does put him over um, the great Michael Jordan in terms of just athlete, not, you know, like you said, not like physically, but just in terms of the sport. Uh, again, I think another argument you can make is LeBron James. This is a guy who's gone to three different teams and won championships for them. Uh, so that's going to be the closest argument you can get. And especially if LeBron wins MVP. I mean, these guys are kind of neck and neck, in my opinion. If LeBron can do it back to back, I think there is an argument you can make because I find these two so similar in terms of how much they put into their body, uh, especially uh, how much they dedicate their lives to being good in their old age when so many people don't. And it's kind of obvious. Of course you don't. I mean, <laughs> who wants to spend every single day thinking about next year, you know, and how competitive you can be next year, almost nobody. And that's what makes them stand out above the rest. But if Tom Brady does do this, if he goes through Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes in one offseason, there's no question about football. I mean, this guy basically beat everybody who said any argument uh, against Tom Brady is almost those three quarterbacks exactly. I can't think of any other ones. And definitely Russell Wilson's definitely not in that conversation. So if he beats all three people, that people say he uh, might be better than him, then there is no argument. He is the GOAT, even though he already is. And the fact that he's doing that is old age. So this is one of the most impressive runs in sports history. And uh, I just have to appreciate it for what it is. Because again, this probably won't happen in our lifetimes unless Pat Mahomes ends up you know, bouncing in the last year of his career and makes it happen too. Or if he wins another Super Bowl here, then of course he's going to start building his resume. But for now, this is one of the best runs in sports history. I actually agree with you, Spence, with LeBron James. If he continues to do what he's doing, I think him and Brady will be a top as the top two. And Chris Wynn, what are you talking about? He is the absolute, without question, the greatest athlete ever. Ten Super Bowl appearances in the NFL, the most grueling mentally and physically demanding sport ever. And for a quarterback to be involved in ten games, it's like nothing that's ever been done or will be duplicated in our lifetime in the game of NFL football, a one game playoff. Are you kidding me? It's not even a question. You can't name, you can't name me anybody. You could go on and they're all wrong. None of them have come close to what Tom Brady has done going to the Super Bowl as many times, the biggest game possible. Did I say he's the most athletic player ever? No, I said he's the greatest sports competitor, the greatest sports athlete champion ever to live in any sport. Anybody you could think of doesn't even come close to what Tom Brady's done at 43 years old. TB12, Chris Wynn. Get it? Stamp it on your ass. Tattoo it because it'll never be duplicated ever again. So whether you like it or don't like it, it's fact. It's a fact. There's no debating it. Ten Super Bowl appearances and an, a possibility of a seventh Super Bowl championship. And to beat Pat Mahomes, the next great GOAT, the next great quarterback, it would be unfreaking believable Stop. All of you, listen. Open up. Get the wax out of your stupid ears. I didn't say the greatest athlete ever. The greatest athlete. Of course, he runs like a 5-2-40. Okay? He's the greatest Athlete, sports competitor ever. Greatest champion. Okay, I'm not saying athletic ability. I'm saying leader of sports, champion, the greatest athlete, Tom Brady, hands down. There's no argument. Okay, you can't argue it. What he's done, Spencer just talked about in this playoff, is unheard of. None of you clowns can go out in your recreational leagues. You can play basketball. You can play baseball. You can play softball. Nobody plays tackle football. You know why? Because it's the most physically demanding sport in the entire world that you have to sign a waiver for because people have concussions and they have long-lasting effects. For Tom Brady to do this as long as he has, at 43 years old, to be making his 10th Super Bowl appearance, you can't even imagine it in your cluttered brains. It's so improbable. 
It's so unbelievable. This guy's inspiring men, women of all ages for generations by doing this. Nobody would have ever imagined it in their wildest dreams at 43 years old, the skinny little kid running a five flat 40 in the combine drafted in the sixth round would be able to be where he's at right now. It's absolutely the most improbable story. They're going to be making movies, documentaries about it for your grandkids and grandkids for generations. You're watching something that you'll never, ever see again, never be duplicated, not in your lifetime, not in your grandkids' lifetime, not in your great-kids' lifetime. Enjoy it. There's no debate. The guy is the most accomplished, greatest athlete you've ever seen. To be able to lead a team, different teams at his age, to a Super Bowl championship is absolutely unheard of. Spencer the Wiz, I want to piggyback on the Tom Brady, the Patriots. Let's talk about Bill Belichick. Now, the Patriots look like it was, as we sit right now, that Tom Brady was the driver of this ship. How does Bill Belichick's legacy get impacted? What if Bill Belichick, Spencer the Wiz, never wins another playoff game without Tom Brady? Let's say he coaches four more years and they do not win another playoff game. What happens to Bill Belichick's legacy? Well, uh, dynasties are only built with uh, the correct foundation. So if he just doesn't have the personnel, he's not going to get a Super Bowl out of them. He just talked about how hard it is. Did he get the most out of Tom Brady in his time there? You have to say yes. So in my mind, does it hurt his legacy a little bit? Sure. But I still see him as the greatest NFL coach of all time because you could go down a myriad of list of names, like even like would Sean Vay get that many Super Bowls out of Tom Brady? Probably not. Um, um, Matt LaFleur? Mm-mm, probably. So the fact that he did what he did in the context of the Patriots is still extremely impressive. Now, who has the leg up? It's probably Tom Brady over him, sure. But uh, I think if Belichick was with coaching this Buccaneers team, they'd still be in the Super Bowl, if that's what you're asking. Spencer the Wiz, if you're Tom Brady, you know he loves the game. You know he wants to play as long as possible. So even, let's say he wins. You you can't possibly top that. I mean, Brady's going to keep playing, Spence. What if he wins this Super Bowl and he says, I'm playing again? He, I mean, wouldn't it be the perfect time at 43 to go out? on top if he beats Pat Mahomes, but he's going to come back, Spence. So let's just play hypotheticals for a second. Let's say Tom Brady finds a way. This team finds a way to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team on February 7th. Tom Brady gets his seventh Super Bowl, and he comes back and plays again and gets to an 11th Super Bowl, Spencer the Wiz, and has a chance to play for eight Super Bowl championships. I mean, is your mind not blown thinking about this? This is NFL football. We've only had 54 Super Bowls. No, I think my favorite part about this personally, like setting aside my my feelings for him, is the fact that he's having so much fun playing football. Very few guys at that age, a lot of them do it for a paycheck, and that's perfectly okay too. There's no judging there. You can make a lot of money through the game, and if you can get a few more years out of your body, you're absolutely going to do it. But it's not really about that for him. It's the fact that he loves competition. He loves football, and that's what he's doing with it. He wants to continue playing, and I do absolutely imagine seeing him on the football field again next year. And no matter how successful they are, uh, I have confidence that he's going to go out there and put the best product on the field for the Buccaneers, and they'll be just as competitive next year as they were this year. Well, look, I'm not saying Tom Brady is by himself carried every single team to victory. You know that's not true. He's been he's had a lot of fortune on his side along this journey. If it's Vinatieri making kicks, if it's a referee on the tuck rule you mentioned, he's been very fortunate to be in ten Super Bowls and to win six. <laughs> so I'm not going to diminish that. But this is this is so historic what we're seeing right now. Um, and I, I just say we all should just enjoy the ride because we'll never see it again in our lifetime. Spence, let's talk about the other side of that game, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they, they were down pretty handily in the first half. They were able to come back. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is in the conversation for top five quarterbacks ever to play the game, in my opinion. I think he's so talented. He's so good. I know he's only got one title, but I don't really put – the blame on him for this one he played pretty solid he had a two-point conversion dropped now the one play I wish that he could have took back was I believe it was third down and he had an opportunity what it looked like he had room to run for a touchdown even if he would have got to the two he could have made a dive for it Spence and I think he could have got in personally um 
this this has got to sting for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a lot of disappointment here over the last decade. A lot of NFC Championship games. Uh, of course, the Matt Lafleur call going for the field goal on fourth down. Spence, how would you dissect Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, and what, in your opinion, looking back, what could have been done differently where they could have been the winners of this game instead of going home early? Well, the turnover battle is definitely going to do it to you. Mental mistakes. Um, you can't turn the ball over multiple times in, in a playoff game, an NFC championship game, and expect to win. Now, Tampa Bay did exactly that, but very rarely you're going to have that many turnovers in one Super Bowl or NFC championship game. Uh, well, look, when they went into the season, it's not like they had a lot of weapons. I mean, of course you have Devontae Adams, who we know is you know a top three receiver in the league, but outside of that, they're just guys and you know they're able to mask that for such a long time this season but it caught up to them I think the fact that you don't have at least a second threat uh when it comes to catching the football it's not going to be perfect on you and that's what happened this year and every single offseason I mean the the pack they picked AJ Dillon and Jordan Love instead of giving him that extra help probably was the reason they lost this football game if they had one more playmaker on the outside you telling me they had no chance in this game considering how close it was or it wouldn't have been the thing to put them over the hump even just a Brandon Ayuk probably would have gotten them in the end zone at least one more time in this game so that's what it's got to be in the offseason I don't think it has necessarily anything to do with Tom Brady uh and or not Tom Brady excuse me Aaron Rodgers it's them it's the team around him he made that team the next level for the most part. Uh, without him, I can a very short list of quarterbacks. Even I don't even know if Tom Brady wouldn't be able to make this team look as good as it did. This loss is not on uh, Aaron Rodgers, but it feels like a lot of the blame is going to be put on him. And he might actually leave that this team and have a success story similar to Tom Brady if he gets to handpick where he goes. Well, I, we'll talk about that a little bit too, but uh, very tough. Uh, some people are talking about it, Spence, but but not everybody. A lot of people want to focus on some of the calls made by Lafleur. But uh, the Tampa Bay defensive line got to got to Aaron Rodgers quite a bit, and David Bakhtiari is an All Pro tackle who was lost just a few weeks ago to injury. Billy Turner had to fill in a, a tackle, and he was on an island a lot, and it, it hurt Green Bay. It hurt Green Bay a lot. They didn't bring a lot of help for him on the edges and, and and they got to Aaron Rodgers in key moments. So that, that was, that was impactful. Uh, of course the, the turnover was impactful. Aaron Rodgers had a few drops, Spence. Uh, I don't think it was on him either. Aaron Rodgers is, is just an incredible, incredible football player. Uh, one of the best to ever do it. Um, I, I don't know that he, I think green Bay fans would be jumping off bridges and buildings and losing their minds. If Aaron Rodgers leaves in the next couple of years, and he's under contract, so it would have to be a trade. I think Green Bay would be foolish, absolutely foolish, uh, to do that right now unless somebody's willing to give up four, five first-round draft picks um, and a very solid quarterback in return. I mean, um, even if it's like a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I, I may consider that with – I mean, we're talking front office. As a fan and as wanting your team to do well, there's no trade worth Aaron Rodgers. But – you know, let's just say he's got four more good years left. And it, I don't know. I, I, I think they find a way to make it work, Spence. I think Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. But we all know that at the end of every NFL season, the rosters aren't going to be identical as they were the year before. So, look, everybody that loses at this point in the season, they need a little time to recharge the battery, as Aaron Rodgers does. And he talked uh, today on the Pat McAfee show on Sirius XM. Uh, that a lot of this was blown out of proportion and you could easily see that it's he's just talking in reality there's turnover after every year I think we're all just trying to make a bigger story out of this that needs to be I don't think Green Bay is going to let him go anywhere he, he had a, he's an MVP he's the MVP this year without question 40 plus touchdowns under 10 interceptions he's great I just hope that and I don't love Green Bay I, I'm completely uh, I completely respect Aaron Rodgers for the great player he is for Packers fans, you want to see them do well in this draft. I mean, they've got to put uh, a couple pieces around Aaron offensively. You've got to have a really good draft here. If you make another boneheaded play in the first round, second round, it's going to really piss off Packers fans even more, and they're going to be wanting 
Mark Murphy and some of these other guys had on a stick. So it's going to be a really important draft for Green Bay. I think they hold on to Rodgers. I think this is very much overblown. And I think Aaron Rodgers steps up again, recharges the battery, has an offseason, preseason, hopefully coming in this next season. And they'll be right back in the conversation. The Detroit Lions won't have Matthew Stafford. Chicago Bears, probably Mitchell Trubisky again at QB. Kirk Cousins for the Vikings with a defense that can't play well. So it's going to be Green Bay's division. They're going to have another opportunity to host a playoff game, if not be a top seed, and we'll be we having this discussion again. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And like you said, Spence, you talked about what Tom Brady had to do to get to the point he's at. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, I mean, it's, it's quite special. So I'm with you. I don't put the blame on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and unlike a lot of the media sources, I think a lot of this talk about his future in Green Bay for the short term is overblown. I think he'll be a Packer for the next year or two. Yeah, the thing is, is that football is probably the most emotional sport in all of the four major ones. Uh, so when you lose an NFC Championship game, a game you should you probably should have won, yeah, there's probably going to be a few upset beat writers and anything that he says, you know, he's going to be upset after the game. So anything he says is obviously going to be amplified tenfold. Uh, I just don't think there's enough assets to trade for him. Like no one's going to be – everyone, of course, wants Aaron Rodgers on their team, but like you said, it's going to take like four or five first-round picks. It's not going to happen. No one's going to give that much up for a guy – uh, because you got to build out the rest of your team and it just wouldn't be worth it at that point. So we'll see him there. Uh, but I guess the, the idea is if it goes south for them really quickly, like they're not winning football games next year, you might be able to get him for three first round picks. And at that threshold, three, I would probably give up for my franchise if I felt like he was the last piece needed to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I, I would certainly give up the farm. I, I thought teams should have gave up the farm to try to get Joe Burrow last year. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a great one. It's unfortunate his season had to come to an end early because of injury. Spence, let's brief, briefly talk about, I think this news came down after the show, the last show we did on Thursday, but Matthew Stafford looks like he'll be moving on from Detroit. It looks like mutually they'll be looking for a trade. And I think the consensus around the NFL is Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback, and it's not his fault the Detroit Lions haven't done good. And a lot of people think whatever team he goes on will be an immediate contender. I tend to kind of agree with that, especially the Wiz. Um, now, I don't know if New England quite has the weapons uh, to be a contender. I think they'll certainly uh, be a lot better than they were this past year, especially they're going to be getting six, seven guys back that sat out this year because of COVID, Spence. Um, talk about Matthew Stafford's possible destinations and, and, and what your thoughts are uh, on a change of scenery for him and what that can do for his career at this point. Yeah, it comes down to two teams for me. He either goes to the Colts or it goes to the Bears. Those teams are desperate to find a quarterback because those are two teams who feel they have Super Bowl contending teams right off the bat. We know how much talent, of course, uh, that the Bears have defensively. Allen Robinson, uh, Tariq. Tariq Cohen uh, is going to be coming off of injury, so he'll be back. Uh, they have everything they need. They've obviously spent a myriad of resources at getting the tight end position filled up, and we know how good Matthew Stafford can be there. Uh, so, And on the other side, the Colts, you know, we're threatening to beat the Bills this offseason. They were a good playoff contending team. And do I think Matthew Stafford is better than an old Phillip Rivers? I think so too. And I think he could elevate them. I think if he goes to either one of those two teams, they're top three in Super Bowl odds next season. And it'd be great to see him go to somewhere successful. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't, I don't think he has a no trade clause or anything. So it's not like he can kind of pick where he wants to go. So if he goes to a bad team, it'd be extremely unfortunate. But I don't think bad teams are going to be looking to trade for him. He's at the end of his career. They're going to be looking to. Whoever wants him is going to look and say, like, we just need him and we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We just need him and this and we can go to the Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see where he goes and to see how successful he can be when he's not on the Detroit Lions. Well, Spence, I've got to mark one of those teams off the list because there's a zero zero percent chance that the Detroit Lions trained Matthew Stafford within a division to the Chicago Bears. Um, so I, I do agree that that could be a really good fit, but there's going to be a 0% chance of that happening. So uh, as, as much of a good fit as that would be, that will not happen uh, really under any circumstance. But the Colts could be a good destination. Um, I, I don't see this happening, but what would what would be your thoughts as a Raiders fan of some kind of swap and having Matthew Stafford as the new Raiders quarterback? Well, it's who I wanted them to trade for in the offseason when the whispers of him getting traded. So I think it'd be great. Uh, but as de I'm, I'm depressed as a Raiders fan because I know they're going to be terrible the next two years. 
if he went to the Raiders, our offense again would be fantastic. You just need a decent quarterback. John Gruden is so good at calling offensive plays. Uh, would they get marginally better? They would. I mean, obviously, they'd have a lot more production out of the quarterback position. Uh, but it's not going to matter when your defense is that bad. I think the Raiders will be talked about in there, but they have too much allusion to Derek Carr, and it's just not going to happen. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the Raiders organization. I agree with that. That's Spencer the Wiz, Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. He also does a live radio show here in Las Vegas on Friday nights. It's called Delivering Sports, 7 o'clock Pacific time on AM 1400 KSHP. Make sure you follow Spencer on Twitter and get all the information about all the work he's doing in the sports shows and sports projects he's working on. Spence, let's talk about the second game on Championship Sunday. Chiefs and Bills, and the Chiefs picked a great time to probably have one of their best games of the season as they pretty much from start to finish aside from a slow starting first quarter. After that, they really dominated the game. They took care of Buffalo 38-24. The game really wasn't as close as a score as, as Kansas City scored 21 points in the second quarter. They outscored Buffalo 10-3 in the third. So 31-6 in the second and third quarter, they outscored Buffalo uh, Tyree Kill had nine catches for 172 yards. Pat Mahomes uh, really had ill effect from the foot injury, from the neck injury. He was 29 to 38, 325 yards, three touchdowns. Probably statistically his best game of the entire year. Kansas City certainly their best performance, uh, possibly the entire year as they get their first cover in uh, almost four months. And I was a little disappointed in Leslie, Leslie Frazier's defense, and they really seemed to do nothing. Uh, just allowing Mahomes to go eight, nine yards at a time to Kelsey, to Hill, and they just beat them up and down the field. And Buffalo really was dominated in, in the Chiefs. Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing, Spence. The Chiefs now uh, are gaining all of that momentum that they've had the entire year, and people will forget that this Chiefs team did not cover a game for four months. They're going to get caught up in what they saw recently, and I think that bodes for an interesting betting mark in how this game is going to be bet come Super Bowl Sunday. Currently, the Chiefs sit as a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half some places. Uh, a lot of people think that's a short line from what they saw here recently, Spencer Lewis. No, uh, to me, this game came down to Sean McDermott. He just he was like like a deer in the headlights. Halftime is so important to make adjustments. You know, you play a relatively close game in the first half, uh, and it, they just couldn't do it. And do I blame him all the way? Of course not. Sometimes, if Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, and uh, their tight end are all on the same point, I, I it's hard to cover them. You got a guy who's going to blow you over the top, so you try to you know leave your safeties back a little bit to try to do that. And then, you know, you just and then they just go to the tight end position uh, with Kelsey and he just rips you up for these looks like short gains. And then he just runs with it. And then you saw the Tyreek Hill where he ripped off that huge run. Of course, it looked like the guy was right there ready to tackle him, but he's so light on his feet. Uh, he just gets extra yards out of every single play. It's unbelievable. Uh, so it looked like it was possible to kind of beat them throughout the season. And now it looks again like they uh, can just do anything. They're going to have a hard time against the Bucs next week. That's kind of my takeaway. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot more. They're going to be playing a much – there's going to be a much better game plan in place. Uh, I think the Bills can be successful going forward. And it's just – it's hard for a team that's never been to the Super Bowl since the 70s to just suddenly waltz in, especially beating off the, uh, you know, the last Super Bowl champions. Uh, but like you said, I think recency bias is going to be huge here. I think this line's going to be a little bigger than it should be. We'll see. I don't, I'm sure there's been opening. I haven't seen them yet, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of heavy chiefs action. Uh, but I am not for any second, you know, leaving out the Buccaneers in this game because, uh, sure they turned it on for one game, but still, I mean, they just got the engine started and we know the, uh, Tom Brady Buccaneers are, are going full steam ahead. Yeah, Spence, we're going to wait till actual Super Bowl week to give our picks, but I think you're on to something here. I really do, Spence. Uh, I, I think Kansas City played their best game. Uh, I still don't think Pat Mahomes is 100%, but he didn't need to be. But I, 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 Buffalo's pass rush has not been very good all year. They're going to get more, more heat from Tampa Bay. And I am not forgetting the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have not covered a game aside from this one in four months. And I think 
look, Kansas City pretty much wiped the floor with Tampa Bay when they played in the regular season. They were up by three plus scores in the first half, and they let uh, Tampa Bay get back in the game, and they only won, won by three. I don't think you're going to see a re- repeat performance of that. I think Todd Bowles is a really good football coach. He's the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think they're going to come out with a better plan. And I like if Antoine Winfield Jr. is healthy, what he's able to do with that safety position. I don't care what you have to do. Clearly, I mean, Tyreek Hill went for like 200-plus yards in that first half. You can't expect that to happen again. Certainly, certainly Tampa Bay is going to have a better game plan there. And if you can find a way uh, to make the other guys beat you, they can. McCall Hardman, Edwards Alaire. But if you can find a way to bottle up Hill and Kelsey, I think we're going to have quite the matchup on our hand. I think Tom Brady is going to be game. Like I said, in that first half against Green Bay, Tom Brady was dealing left and right. He was just on point. And, you know, that weather was not ideal. But he made it happen. And I think he's going to be on his home field. Tampa Bay, there's going to be some fans there. The Bucs don't have to travel. And Spence, don't forget this aspect, okay? We're, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, okay? These guys have two weeks. We don't know what this is going to look like in two weeks. I mean, these guys have to travel. It's Super Bowl week. They've got time off. We could have some big shaking news. Now, do I think the NFL will cover a lot of that up? Possibly. But I think we have to at least be aware uh, of not getting too ahead of ourselves with people missing time, coaches missing time because COVID. We know this can switch at, at any moment of any day. So nobody's out of the woods yet when it comes to the COVID stuff here coming into Super Bowl week. I mean, would you agree? Oh, yeah. I'm not betting this game. I, cause it's always fun to bet the Super Bowl game, no matter how much little money you put on it. So, But I will not be placing my money either way until the day of the Super Bowl. Even the night before is way too soon because we've seen guys – you know, test positive in the middle of games in the NBA. I think the NFL has that a little bit better, but still, yeah, injuries can happen as well. So I, I think there's at least one event that's going to happen. That's going to change the way people bet this game uh, leading up to the Super Bowl in these two weeks, guys could be celebrating and that's how you get COVID right there. You just go to, you're going to the Super Bowl, you know, everyone's going out and uh, maybe not be the day of, cause you might be sore, but you know, these guys are going to have a long time, especially for the Buccaneers side, they're home. They're getting ready for a Super Bowl, like in their own stadium. There's no, I, I, I'm going to say this, unfortunately too, by the way, I'm not hoping that anyone gets sick or hurt. Of course, it's just, it just seems naturally like it's going to happen eventually. Spence, let's stick with Kansas City before we talk a little bit about Buffalo. Andy Reid now has an opportunity to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Pat Mahomes, the same. Um, look, there's no arguing how, sensational Patrick Mahomes is do I think at times people overhype him possibly do I think that his legacy and what he's done to this point would be different without Kelsey and Tyree Kill yes I do Um, but I don't want to take away from how fantastic he's been he finds a way to make all the throws this this could be really huge for this guy young in his career MVP back-to-back Super Bowls now the only thing, Spence, I do worry that this guy can stay healthy for for a ten year career. Do I think he could win three, four Super Bowls? I think it's certainly possible. I do worry about his longevity staying healthy. We know he's been banged up quite a few times, but it is very hard in the NFL to go back to back. So the Chiefs, they weren't great in the regular season covering games. They did have the best best record, which secured them the first round by. They took care of business against Cleveland in a tough matchup. And they came back the next week in the championship game and took care of Buffalo. They've earned the right to be in the Super Bowl, and they are favorites. This is going to be uh, quite the task, a great record, and for them to start to play their best ball in the last two games of the season, you couldn't ask for it any better for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, uh, it feels very akin to Steph Curry for some reason, just in terms of like how captivating he is when he's on the field. We know Steph Curry has paper-thin ankles. He's constantly hurt all the time. I worry about his longevity as well. Uh, so, you know, we'll hopefully get him for as long as possible to uh, just watch how good he is. I think some of his kind of loosey-goosey play is going to catch up to him eventually. It could cost them, you know, a Super Bowl, but... We say all this, and yet, look, they're here in the Super Bowl twice. They won last year, and there's no reason they can't win the game. They're going to be favored, obviously, to going into it. Uh, hopefully, he is as healthy, you know, going into it. We don't know. So, uh, he's going to go out there. He's a competitor. It's kind of the best things about him besides the skill. There's been a lot of skilled players who don't have the passion for the game. Uh, I think of a guy like Dwight Howard when I say that, uh, who to have the skill and the the 
joy for the game is something unique. And he could very well and probably will have about four Super Bowls when he's all, when it's all said and done. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. If you miss any part of the Rest Stop Live every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time, make sure you do download that Twitch app and go to LandryFootball.com and Landry Football underneath there, the Rest Stops underneath those entities. And make sure you check out the podcast version of the show if you miss it live iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Landry Football Conference, call the rest stop underneath there. Spence, we're talking about the AFC title game. Kansas City Chiefs won the game. They will be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa on February 7th. Uh, The loser of that AFC championship game, the Buffalo Bills, a team I was high on most of the year. I'm a big Josh Allen fan, a big Josh Allen uh, advocate, I think he's definitely taking that net, next step to be in the conversation with a Pat Mahomes, with an Aaron Rodgers, as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He did not have his best performance of the year. Some questionable decision making by the coaches, kicking field goals, uh, and again, too predictable from Buffalo offensively. I didn't think uh, they mixed up the type of runs that they should have in, in in that running game. No jet sweeps, no wide receiver handoffs. No outside toss plays, it seemed like. It was very vanilla, very predictable from Brian Dable on that offense. Uh, but look, it's possible, Spence, that the, the this Buffalo Bills team could be an offensive lineman, uh, a defensive lineman, and a star running back away from maybe having that next piece to compete against the Kansas City. Uh, can you imagine Buffalo drafting Clemson running back Travis Etienne, a guy that can run the ball and catch it out of the backfield, and then adding – uh, another solid offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker. Uh, Buffalo definitely has an opportunity to be a, a rival or competing against Kansas City for this AFC crown here for the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to be terrible. Uh, they, they will very much have the chance next year to go to the AFC championship game. Uh, but we know how much things can go uh, awry in the offseason or change, like Tom Brady going to the Bucks to take them all the way to the Super Bowl. But still... It's not. I don't think they're going to be losing anyone huge. Uh, they're still going to have the core of him and Stefan Diggs. Uh, but a running back would do well for them. But they also have to just change the way they play football. I think that's the reason they lost the game. Uh, they have to be willing to do a little bit of a more balanced attack. Can you be a pass-first team? Of course, the, the majority of football teams are. Uh, but if they can find a difference maker, at least someone they have confidence in, to run the ball maybe 15 times a game, that could go a really long way. Maybe they'll be a little worse in the regular season for it, but that doesn't matter for the most part. Unless you're going for the first seed, just making it to the playoffs and probably not being, you know, the wild card team is all it takes to change the the, the results of these big games. Uh, because if you become too one dimensional, the best coaches when it comes to the last two rounds of the playoffs are going to sniff that out, and they got caught and they got uh, killed for it. And plus, you got to be able to run the clock a little bit. Passing the ball in completions, they stop them running. As long as you stay in bounds, that thing keeps going down. So when they get leads, especially like in, in the Chiefs game, they did have a little bit of a lead. If they could just, you know, make that game a little shorter, uh, they, they can do something special, I think. I completely agree with you there, Spence. I think you're spot on. I like Sean McDermott as a coach, but look, Buffalo did not have their best execution. They weren't at their coaching best or playing best this past Sunday. And in those big games, I know. A lot of those guys are new to it, but you can't afford to not be at your best against a Kansas City team in a championship game. Buffalo maybe played their best games week 16 and 17, but those aren't against the same competition. I hope Bills and Bills Mafia learn from this, and I hope we see Buffalo back in the future. Sprint, let's briefly touch on Major League Baseball. The Hall of Fame voting was today, and nobody will be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm sure Brian Bravo, an avid baseball fan, has some opinions on this. But no, nobody in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling got 71%. Bonds, Clemens, a little under 68 You have to have 75% to get in. I, I think the Major League Baseball writers, Hall of Fame writers and voters, are a complete joke, Spence. Uh, we know that Bonds and Clemens uh, had their issues with – suspension of performance enhancing substances, but these are two of the best baseball players ever for them to be left out of the hall of fame is a complete joke. The whole process is a joke. Uh, Schilling was great in the postseason, One of the greatest postseason pitchers ever for nobody to get in. It's a complete joke. Why even have this at this point? 
Uh, Bonds and Clemens, especially in my opinion, I think these guys should have been in a long time ago. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's the way baseball runs. They wait for somebody to die, and then they give him the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's going to be the same thing for Pete Rose. I don't know why. It's just they, they're not willing to swallow any ounce of pride for the guys that made their sports so great and so awesome. Look, did he maybe take performance-enhancing drugs? Did Pete Rose, you know, make an illegal sports bet? He did. But think about can you can you tell the story of baseball without those three guys, Pete Rose and Barry Bonds and Clemens? You just can't. So they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for how great they were and the impact they had on a day-to-day basis in making the sport grow. Spence, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just think it's ridiculous, and that's why uh, one of the reasons why uh, the rest stop here and myself rarely talks about baseball. Baseball's a joke. I'll talk about it a little bit during the World Series, during playoff time. Baseball's a joke. Let's be honest. I mean, I know there's a lot of old baseball heads out there, uh, but baseball's a dying sport. People don't watch it. Uh, people barely go to games. The fact that they couldn't have people in the stands is detrimental to baseball. The young athletes, they don't play it like they used to. Baseball is dying among, among the millennials, and this doesn't do anything to help baseball's cause. Baseball is fortunate to have some of the amazing World Series they've had as of late, and, and people still love the fact that you know baseball is so beloved in its rich history. They play too many games, and it's not – the same. There's not star power. I mean, yeah, you know Mike Trout and a couple guys, but baseball does an awful job of promoting their stars. And for you to not respect a Bond and Clemens, a Kurt Schilling, regardless of what your personal feelings are, you're doing a disrespect to guys that play the game. And it's just BS. And baseball is dying, and they deserve this. People don't talk about baseball on a national level. You don't hear the main talk shows talking baseball because baseball sucks. And I'm going to stand by that. I'm sorry if I hurt some people's feelings that love baseball. But this is bullcrap. And this is just another reason why baseball is on the back burner of discussion. And it's on the back burner of people's television sets. They don't sit and watch it. Period. Bottom line. End of story. Spence, let's talk about a sport that people have watched and do watch. And they did watch this weekend. UFC 257. The great Conor McGregor back in action after a long layoff. He was a minus 320 favorite. You had to lay... $320 to win hundred Dustin Poirier, who's fought very well the last couple months. He took care of business in the second round and finished Conor McGregor surprised a lot of people. Some people had uh, Dustin Poirier on their tickets. They weren't too surprised by this Spence. Did you have a chance to watch this? And if you did not, what did you hear about and what were your thoughts on the card as a whole and Conor McGregor? Well, I, uh, I I said I like Poirier and the under. I mean, this guy you knew is going to come out swinging. Uh, the the actual reality of this is uh, that Conor McGregor was kind of winning this fight for the most part. I mean, he was sticking in there. He was landing some good punches. But the thing is, in UFC, man, if you get tagged once, I, that's it. I, I mean, anybody can technically get lucky. Uh, it's kind of in, in boxing, it's a little bit of the same. But the fact that you can use so many different of the uh, things from your like body parts, uh, like in UFC, of course, uh, I think it does make a little bit of a difference. You know, in this case, he did punch him and knock him out, but still. Uh, and also the the other big factor between boxing and UFC, they will call fights a lot faster in UFC. There's no like count. If the referee thinks you're done, you're done. So that bodes well for the unders. That bodes well for underdogs a lot of the times. And Conor McGregor had just been out for so long. He, he was way too heavy of a favorite in this matchup. He was so rusty. Uh, he's kind of looking like a clown here at the end of his career. He already, you know, he's such a goof, man. Uh, kind of a joke. He came out in the morning after saying, you know, all humbled and, oh, the fight didn't go the way I wanted it to. But when you see him in the press conferences, I get that it's a character, but he has been in jail. So it's not a, I mean, it's not a full character. In some level, he is just a horrible person. Uh, so he got caught and he's going to continue to fight and he'll continue to be heavy favorites. And uh, depending on the matchup, I'm not going to say I know he's going to lose every fight. I don't think he is, uh, but I'll be interested in seeing his opponents because I may fade against him quite often. Yeah. Conor McGregor said after the fight, Spence, that a lot of time laid off, he needs to be more active. So we'll see if he gets in the ring again here in 2021. The Diaz brothers have a chance to be coming back to the UFC. They're very popular, Spence. Uh, I'd love to see them back in action. I don't know if they'll get a McGregor fight, but certainly the talk of uh, Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz coming back certainly has some UFC fans excited. 
Yeah, UFC, you know, has the names. They do they do a really great job of promoting their top athletes. Personally, I have no interest in Conor McGregor or the Diaz brothers. I, I like the guys who are, like, trying to make their way up to the card. And these big names kind of just force themselves into the main ticket uh, because they sell. I mean, I get it. It's, it's a business more than anything. It's not really much of a sport. Talk to uh, Jahai Tucker. He's an up-and-coming boxer on my show. Uh, and he talked about he doesn't actually view boxing as a sport, but as a business in and of itself. And now I kind of see it that way uh, a lot more. These guys know the kind of money that's involved and they know that it's not always about what is the objectively the best fight. It's about how to sell the most uh, pay-per-views and, you know, when COVID's over and selling the most seats. Uh, and UFC is the greatest sport, I think, in the world of doing that, even though they're technically not the biggest, but uh, that's impossible for them to do. Spencer the Wiz, Brad the Believer, the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Spence, as we're finishing up the show tonight, uh, we'll get into a little NBA action. Let's talk about the card tonight. It was a little bit of a short card. The shorthanded Clippers, no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. They follow the Atlanta Hawks, 108-99. Spence, you had a little action on the Hawks. Good call there on this one. Yeah, I'm going for my third NBA ticket in a row. Uh, but when I saw that, I tried to bet it last night. But of course, uh, the William Hill app and stuff—they won't let put. They won't put nearly any lines out until it's the day of. Uh, but still, I got it at five and a half. I was just shocked. Uh, I know the Clippers have a lot of guys, but you're talking about a rookie head coach, uh, or not—not not a rookie head coach, but new to the Clippers, I should say. This came out last night that Paul George and Kawhi were out, so not a lot of game planning time. It was actually late when it came out too, from what I remember. Uh, but Reggie Jackson leading your team, Marcus Morris, these guys, these are guys who are not dedicated to a, a team cause. They played okay, but at the end, none of these guys are closers at all. And that's what I was banking on. I, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout one way or another. I just thought when you come down to the last five minutes, you have a lot more talent on the side of the Hawks and a collection of dudes for the Clippers. And that's what ended up happening. Spence, the Washington Wizards fall to the Houston Rockets 107-88. I think you like this one as well. Shorthanded were the Wizards. They did have Brad Beal and uh, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook had 19. Beal had 33. But the Rockets get the best of Washington 107-88. John Wall had a really nice game. He had 24 points. DeMarcus Cousins had 19. And Victor Oladipo, 20. But Washington gets the win. And they get the easy cover in this one, Spence. They did, and I was interested on this. Uh, I did. I ended up not pulling the trigger, but keep in mind the Wizards were without Troy Brown, uh, Denny Advengia, uh, uh, and Roy Hachimura, so a lot of their young pieces. When it comes to the Wizards, it's just, gosh, it's, uh, Scott Brooks just does not have the attention of these guys in the locker room. Do I think Scott Brooks could go to another team and be successful? I actually do. I, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a good coach, but when you've lost the locker room, uh, very similar to uh, Jack Del Rio when it came to the Raiders before they, they made their coaching change. We had the magical season, and then it just falls apart, and sometimes it just naturally happens that way. Now, the reason I love this game is John Wall. John Wall is, like I said in that press conference, that's kind of the reason why I was so high on them. When James Harden was going through his trade, like right before it happened, and James Harden had said those really rude comments about his team not being good enough, he said, I talked to our guys from the locker room. Boom, right there. I loved him. This guy views himself as the franchise guy for the Rockets. Now, do the Wizards uh, see him in the same light? They sure didn't, and uh, he obviously took note of that. Uh, but I like this Rockets team to go back on it. I mean, when the Wizards are fully healthy, we'll see. I mean, they're missing three of kind of their biggest pieces. Uh, but still, I mean, they got a lot going for them. Uh, I like Victor Oladipo. I think they'll end up resigning him. He didn't have his best game. I think he went seven for 21. Uh, but still... They made a lot of moves. Uh, they're looking to, you know, rally behind this head coach who had been an assistant, I think, for 11 years, a really long time. He's excited to be in that position. And all these players, he has a collection of players who are improved deals. Victor Oladipo, as well as he's been playing, had to prove it. He had that bad injury, and he hadn't progressed the Pacers in the playoffs at all. DeMarcus Cousins is actually getting a little bit underneath him. We know Christian Wood most likely is going to be the most improved player of the year. There's nothing, there's not a blatant hole on their team, and they can win basketball games. Whether or not they make the playoffs, I'm not sure, but I think they have a chance. I don't think they're dead out of the water for them. Uh, so we'll have to monitor and see how they do. Spence, the other game tonight, the Utah Jazz took care of the New York Knicks 108 94. Austin Rivers had a great first half of the Knicks, 25 points, 10 to 10, uh, but they got pretty much blasted in the second half, and the Jazz get another victory. Uh, Jazz playing pretty decent here the last few games after a shaky start. 
possibly at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. Uh, in terms of the regular season, again, uh, you know, the proof for them is always going to be whether or not they can make it happen late. But for now, I mean, Shaq called out uh, Donovan Mitchell on TNT in one of the most awkward interviews I've ever seen in sports history, where he said uh, he essentially called him out for not being able to elevate his teammates. Uh, and Donovan Mitchell just kind of let it slide off and created an awkward moment. But there's no weakness on their team. If you go down, Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert is one of the only players, I think, in NBA history who got his big contract and is playing better the next season. Normally, it adds a lot of comfort, but he's making it happen. I love the Jazz in this matchup. Uh, the spread was a little scary for me, for, so I ended up not taking it, but I love the Jazz money line, which just sounds a little obvious. Uh, but the big trend in NBA uh, this season, while we're kind of wrapping up the NBA talk a little bit, I guess, is heavy favorites at home are killing it this season. I think they're 55%, which is like the best since 2007. Uh, so don't be afraid to take the big lines this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, home favorites, like short home favorites, actually aren't doing so well. So I don't really, gosh, I really hate actually t- going against those lines. But if you like the numbers and the analytics part of it, those are numbers to take a look at. What I like to do when I do sports bet, uh, and again, I'm not a professional gambler, but I, I could potentially tomorrow win my third ticket in a row, is you got to look at it contextually. If you just look up, oh, who should win this game? You're going to get crushed uh, for sure. I mean, uh, it, there's so much small details in basketball compared to any other sport. Hockey's very steady. Football, for the most part, is a little steady. Injuries obviously play a big part. For the NBA, are they playing a back-to-back? Does this guy have some sort of vendetta against the team like John Wall tonight? A lot of storylines. It's a very emotional game in basketball, and you have to watch a lot. Uh, So those are my uh, betting tips for basketball, those three uh, points of contention. Spent a couple key matchups on tomorrow's card. One of them is going to be Lakers at Sixers. That's going to be an ESPN game. Lakers 14-4 and on the year 10-0 and away from home, and they're in Philadelphia tomorrow. Uh, giving any lineup issues at late, do you, do you have anything as far as guys that may be out of this game? And if not, how do you think this one lines up? The uh, Lakers 76ers matchup? Yeah. Oh man, this is uh this is probably my favorite game of the year. Actually, these are two teams converging that are playing very well. Some of the losses have uh, come for the 76ers for the most part due to COVID nineteen issues. They're gonna have a fully healthy lineup. If the 76ers can win next win tomorrow because they just got Seth Curry back, big statement win for them. They're on my radar to go to the uh, finals this year, especially because the East is just so weak in my opinion. The Brooklyn Nets are continually just not impressive at all. I think the James Harden trade was a massive mistake. Now, did it save Karis LeVert's life? Yes, but how can you predict that he actually had cancer on his kidney? And, you know, I'm very happy that he was able to recognize that. But again, uh, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen were guys who built that team. I, I'm talking about Brooklyn now. I, I, I have so many thoughts on them after that trade. Uh, so I'll just stick with the Lakers game. Uh I'm going to favor the 76ers in this matchup. Uh, I just love what Joel Embiid's doing. I don't think Anthony Davis is necessarily going to be matched up on him. I think it's going to be Marcus Saul for the majority of the game. That's going to favor the 76ers very well. Uh, Tobias Harris is going to have a lot of responsibility on LeBron James, but I think just in terms of size and athletic ability, he's kind of on the same level. No one's going to stop LeBron James, but if you can get a James Ennis, a Tobias Harris on him, James Johnson, you're going to have a much easier time kind of keeping him to below 50% shooting and probably eight to nine assists. That's got to be the range for any NBA team, I would imagine, defensive coaching against them. Spence, another couple key matchups. Nuggets travel to Miami to take on the Heat. Celtics travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Uh, But one that I'm going to think is going to probably be one of the higher scoring matchups of the night, the Brooklyn Nets, like you mentioned, taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta will be on a back-to-back. So that's going to be an interesting one. Atlanta on a back-to-back. It looks like you'll have everybody in the lineup for the Nets. Uh, I don't think it lines out yet. But uh, I would imagine Brooklyn will probably be a six, seven-point road favorite. In my mind, this is the two worst teams defensively in basketball. Uh, this is going to be one to watch for sure. I don't know if it's probably not going to be on TV, uh, but still, if you, if you have NBA pass or you have other ways of watching it, that's the one to watch. I mean, I could easily see a 130 to 135 matchup, and that's not over, that has nothing to do with overtime. Those are like, uh, you know, in regulation scores. 
they just there's no talent on their teams i mean I, the uh what's it called the hawks should have drafted a coro i'll say that to this day uh and i think they'd be in a much better place i think their team would actually just change dramatically you know coro's actually been pretty good offensively but still i, I would imagine that line's going to probably be set at around 235 and i'm still interested in taking the over I agree with you there, Spence. And uh, look, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on the rest stop. We will be back on Thursday. It'll be heavy Super Bowl talk NFL. We'll have some other fun stuff in store for you, some possible guests joining us as well here on the rest stop. And if you miss any part of the show live, check out the podcast version, Landry Football Conference called the rest stop. Also, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer is what that YouTube channel is over. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. We'll see you back here live, 9 o'clock Pacific time on Thursday. Have a great day. Have a great night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.